The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host Corbin Forge. Follow me on Twitter at Corbin MBA. This is a hoop ball presentation, so make sure to check out hoop ball online. Hoop dash ball.com or on twitter at hoopball tweets today is wednesday the 30th of june that is right today's the last day of june as we make our way into july and i threw a little bit of an audible yeah i'd use the football reference here on round ball ramble but we're gonna do the first edition of the round ball ramble mock draft 1.0 uh, we had just an influx of news, so we're going to push that down to tomorrow and just kind of break down all the news that happened. First off, starting with unfortunate injuries. So, Trey Young missed uh, last night's game for the Hawks against the Bucks with a deep bone bruise in his foot. Uh, that was unfortunate. I remember, he came down awkwardly on, <clears throat> excuse me, that rough's ankle about two nights ago, and that was pretty catastrophic um, in terms of him being able to play. He limped off, wasn't able to turn, came back in later, uh, but just wasn't himself, you know? Tried to game through it, and the rest, it was just too soon. Um, the announcement made shortly bore for tip-off, um, and because of that, Lou Williams got the start. Now, we're going to break that down in a second, because the Hawks won that game. Uh, but, got to talk about the impact to Trey Young. You get the hope that he is able to recover rather quickly. Um, yeah, some of his, you know, speed maybe turn the corner might be gone. Um, but the fact that he'll still hopefully be able to, you know, get up and down the floor is important. The fact that he wasn't able to play at all with this, I wouldn't say is a cause for concern, but it definitely is something that you're like, okay, that's a serious injury, and you have to watch if he's impacted for game five tomorrow night. Um, as for the game itself, we gotta talk about it because the Hawks beat the Bucks 110-88 to behind Sweet Lou, Lou Williams. That is right. Um, this is a guy that a few months ago was traded from the Clippers to the Hawks in a deal that was kind of surprising, and he was so upset that he considered retirement. Think about that. He was done. To go from that to bringing a very clutch performance for the Hawks here, it's crazy. Um, shortly again, like I said, they announced that Trey Young will be missing. Lou Williams stepped up, had his first playoff start of his career, which I did not know this in all of his years. He's been in the NBA since 2005. First playoff start of his career, had 21 points, 5 rebounds, and 8 assists on 7 of 9 from the field. That was really a galvanizing force for Atlanta as they came up to tie the series back up 2-2. Um... And Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, he had uh, just an amazing quote. He said, when we saw in our starting five that we had Lou Williams, we were super competent, man. You see what that man can do? He was thinking about retirement this year. Man, he can still hoop. It was hilarious. Um, The Bucks, I mean, not the Bucks. the Hawks started off strong, um, dominated the first half, and were up by 10 um, before we had a big... um, injury that we're going to talk about in a second, but we got to at least touch on the Hawks real quick and, and, and give them their love, because Williams not only had his best playoff game of his current run for the Hawks, but he had one of the best of his career. Um, he hadn't had a great Eastern Conference Finals before that. Uh, in the first three games, he only scored 13 points on 4-14 from the field. Uh, he had that 
many points by halftime alone in game four. Uh, now, of course, he's not Trey Young. I mean, he doesn't shoot as deep as Trey Young does. He's not nowhere near as quick. I mean, the dude is 34, 35. It is a little bit of a difference there. Um, but he does have a similar skill set. He can operate sort of the same way. He can function as the hub of an offense with his jumper and ability to move the ball around in a way that it's not a jarring change from a Trey Young. So if he has to do it again, I mean, I think he can. If this wasn't like, oh, you know, the Bucks have to figure Lou Williams out. Lou Williams has been Lou Williams for years. You know, he got that fading jumper to the left. <laughs> he got some nice moves. He got that shot. I mean, it is what it is. Um, he's comfortable operating in the pick and roll. He can get to his jumper. He can, you know, sub some playmaking. He's always been more of a scorer, but he's done a good job as a playmaker. Uh, he had eight assists. Those were the most in a playoff game for him in over two years, since 2019. Uh, and he could have had double figures if some of the Hawks hit more of their shots. But the good thing is, like, you know, you have a guy in Lou Williams who's a vet, who's established, who can play well, and you don't want to lose Trey Young for another game, but if you do, all is not lost. But that's not the only thing for the Hawks. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich had an amazing game. 20 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. Get back to him in a second. Kevin Herter, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal. Kevin Capella. 15 points for him, 7 rebounds, and an assist for himself, and a steal as well. You had a bunch of Hawks contributing in different ways, from the scoring standpoint, rebounding, all of that. And that made it a well-balanced performance that the Bucks ultimately couldn't match. Um, 14 three-point attempts alone for Bogdan Bogdanovich. He hit at a 42% clip, 6 of 14 from there. Had a great game. All the Hawks were definitely in the plus of plus-minus. Lou Williams plus 15. Clint Capella, plus 18. Kevin Herter, plus 20. John Collins, plus 26. Uh, and then Bogdanovich, plus 25. Got those two mixed up there. Uh, off the bench, Cam Reddish had a great game. 23 minutes. He had 5 of 9, 12 points, 5 rebounds, 2 of 3 from 3. He played well. Danilo Gallinari also finished double figures with 10 points in 19 minutes. Onyeke Kongwu, 7 points, 3 rebounds, 100% from the field in just under 15 minutes. The Hawks just came out from all angles, where the Bucks wasn't a super great game for them. Uh, they could only manage to shoot 39% from the field, 20% from three. Uh, they were led by, well, Drew Holiday, who had 19 points on not good shooting. 6-17 from the field, 2-7 from three. He was 5-6 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 9 assists. Uh, Chris Milton had 16 points on 17 shots, 0-7 from the great beyond to go along with 8 rebounds and 5 assists. Uh, Giannis, 24 minutes, we'll get to that in a second, 14 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists, and why Giannis played so little, well, and this is huge, Giannis Tanakumpo suffered just a horrific hyperextended left knee during game 4, uh, he was going up to contest an alley-oop from John Collins to Clint Capella with just over seven minutes left in the third quarter. And it kind of like their legs got tangled up. Uh, they both, Capella and um, Antetokounmpo, landed around the same time. And, yeah, he just extended it at, at a weird angle. Um, he immediately went down. He was on the ground for a while. Finally got up and, and walked off the court with his help. But he had a significant limp. Um... I mean, well, it was it was it was a rough injury, and it looked as soon as I saw it, it looked like he was out for the series. It looked like this was the end of his postseason, which, of course, would have tremendous ramifications on the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, 
I figured they would go as far as Giannis goes. The good thing is the Interconference Finals right now, but their opponent, uh, Atlanta, obviously is a it's no pushover, and they'd be playing either Phoenix or the Clippers, either squad you really wish you had Giannis with to contend against those two. Uh, so it, it was a rough injury to look at. I highly, I don't know. I, it's not it's not brutal in the sense of like don't rewatch it, but it's something that, eh, just take my word for it. It was kind of ugly. Um, I don't want to say that he was the reason the Hawks you know, took the win the way they did. They were already up 10. This was already, you know, 7-7 and in the third quarter. Um, the Bucks did score, like, immediately after he left the floor. Drew Holiday hit a shot, but that was it. That was it for Milwaukee for three and a half minutes. Uh, the Hawks went on a 15-0 run after that to push their lead, you know, up, up, and away for the remainder of the game. Uh, and, yeah, this was, this was rough. But you could tell that Giannis was a little... Um, Giannis was more than enough of an impact because... The Bucks were outscored in the paint by Atlanta, 46 to 44, and the Bucks had outscored Atlanta in that category by an average of more than 20 over the first three games. Also, that having honest, they struggled to take care of the ball. They had 15 turnovers that went to 16 points for the Hawks. They just lost their entire mojo, their offensive continuity, and that's no blame to them as much as it is to show how big of a loss Giannis is to the Bucks. Uh, I don't even know how you counteract that. I mean, you have to imagine that Bobby Portis will get the start at uh at power at power forward um next game for them. Uh, for the record he had seven points and seven rebounds on three and nine shooting and one of five from three. But after that you really don't have a lot of places you can go. But to be honest, you know, I'm not sure if that's your answer there. You know? Um the the Bucks are pretty thin after Giannis because Giannis is kind of that guy, you know? Jordan Wara, I I don't see it personally. Um, you can only imagine it's going to be heavier minutes for PJ Tucker and, and and Chris Middleton manning those forward positions. Maybe you slide Middleton up a position and you bring in Pat Connaughton or Bryn Forbes off the bench. Does that mean that Jeff T gets more of a look? Because uh, we don't want Jeff T getting more of a look. I love Jeff T personally, like historically as a player, but um, the game in 2021 does not like Jeff T at all. And by the game, I mean NBA basketball, like. He's just kind of done. At least he looks it. So I'm not sure how the Bucks respond, and, and and more so to be honest. I mean, you know, hopefully he can recover well. He's due for imaging uh, later on today, so we'll kind of have an update by tomorrow's show. But this is just an horrific injury to have for anyone, much less someone like Giannis. You know, uh, potentially impacted him like he had through this postseason. He's definitely not in my mind playing Game Five. Like that is just an absolute zero. So you might have a Bucks Hawk series without either Trey Young or Giannis Antetokounmpo. And it's just been a horrible year for injuries. I mean, we've already had loss of Kawhi. We had AD go down. Remember, we had uh, Kyrie. We've had James Harden. Uh, we've had um, Utah Jazz backcourt. Donovan Mitchell with that ankle injury. Mike Conley's been down. I mean, Dallas Mavericks have that injury. I mean, you look at this team, or look at teams in general this postseason, and it's been just horrific merely from an injury standpoint because everyone's gone down. Everyone's gone down. And I wouldn't even blame it on the short turnaround because this is just hitting all sorts of teams in the weirdest moments. And it's happening randomly in some instances. I mean, Trey Young colliding with the ref, that that's just bad luck. Giannis landing at the same time that Clint Capella lands, that's just just bad luck there. Like, this isn't anything about, oh, you know, it's too much of a, of a workload and, you know, players are, are just kind of wearing down and having these horrific, you know, sprained in ACLs or whatever the case may be. You know, LeBron James colliding with Solomon Hill during the season. 
Kyrie just twisting an ankle. Like, this is just crazy stuff. It doesn't feel good. It's not going to feel good. This is horrible. But the fact that these injuries just kind of pop up and happen, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. So we will monitor that, see what happens. Um, But stay tuned on that. All right, news, news. Uh, Well, just a random little piece here. Uh, Jock Vaughn, in terms of coaching, has decided to withdraw his name from available head coaching opportunities. Um, opening, so sources tell ESPN, this was Adrian Wojnarowski that reported that, remember, uh, Jacques Vaughn did have a coaching position with Orlando, uh, almost a decade ago now, uh, back in, like, 2013, so he's not looking to, uh, become a head coach at least this year, more than likely, I'd imagine, staying on the Brooklyn Nets coaching staff, uh, speaking of coaching, the Trailblazers had a horrific press conference yesterday, um, introducing Chauncey Billups as their new head coach, uh, for the record, you know, Billups obviously was directed questions that he should have about his 1997 um, uh, sexual assault allegations that were against him. And he briefly addressed them, um, basically said that he had learned a lot um, and that there's not a day that goes by. I'm going to read the entire quote. He said, before I even talk about my role with the team and me being the head coach, I first want to talk about the incident that happened in 1997. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about how every decision we make could have a profound impact on a person's life. I learned at a very young age as a player, but not only as a player, but a young man, a young adult, that every decision has consequences. And this led to some really, really healthy, but toughest conversations that I've had to have my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time in 1997, and my daughters about what actually happened and what they may have to read about me in the news and the media. But the experience has shaped my life in so many different ways. My decision-making, obviously. Who I allow to be in my life. The friendships and relationships I have and how I go about them. It's impacted every decision that I make, and it's shaped me in some unbelievable ways. I know how important it is to have the right support system around you, particularly in tough, difficult times. So, I mean, that was decent of an answer. I, I don't see anything wrong with that answer of its own. Does it maybe require uh, additional questions to kind of further flesh out that question? I mean, flesh out that answer? Yeah, I imagine it does. I mean, this is a serious allegation regardless of when it happened. Um, This actually involved uh, Billups and then Celtics teammate Ron Mercer. It was settled out of court in the year 2000. So, yeah, it's been a minute. A lot of people are saying that. I get that. But still, it's it's not like he's been uh, directly addressed about it. It's not like anyone's unearthing something that's already been handled in the way of like, oh, we all knew about this. Because I wasn't aware about this until, what, last week, week and a half? You know what I mean? Uh, But we got to talk about the Blazers because they were a little shady. Uh, Neil O'Shea started, and uh, they were asked about, first, the process that um, it took. And this is the first uh, in-person press conference in almost 18 months for anyone, but for the Blazers. So he said, with all sincerity, and you have my word, we took the allegations seriously, and we treated them with the gravity that we deserve. Um, and then when he was asked um, for basic details, what firm what firm the team hired, who they talked to, what specific information led them to become hiring Billups, o- uh, Neil O'Shea, because, you know, O'Shea has been just the MVP of yesterday, and I'm being very sarcastic, said it was proprietary. He said, you're just going to have to take our word that we hired an experienced firm, they ran an investigation, they gave us the results we already discussed. I don't know if we should. That's not just, that's, you don't say, oh yeah, just got to take our word for that. It's not like uh, my mom saying, we're gonna pick, I'm going to pick you up on time, just got to take my word for it. No, this is a serious thing. Um, especially since these were questions that like Olshay and Billups should have been expecting. Like I said, I don't really want to put too much on Billups in terms of what happened Tuesday because he did seem interested in maybe answering the question. He wasn't trying to avoid it so much. Um, 
but it, it it was it was it was rough. Um, I think the biggest incident, the biggest one outside of the you're just gonna have to take our word for it was honestly when Neil O'Shea uh, and Billups were at, well Billups was asked a follow up question to the question that he had already asked involving um what he had learned from the incident and Neil O'Shea who just looked guilty as all get out just looked so so guilty wiping his nose grabbing his water bottle taking a big swig while looking directly at the um moderator uh pr person they had there it 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 was crazy and the question was um (laughs) he said um to kind of gave him a chance to have a deep dive talk about how this shaped him in those unbelievable ways it was a great question uh but then it was cut off by again the franchise's corporate public relations senior vice president her name is ashley clinkscale uh and she said we addressed this it's been asked and answered have to move on to the next question but was it addressed i mean Philip touched on it uh i don't know if that really that was a follow-up question that wasn't an additional question of the same type already you know, and that certainly wasn't enough for millions of fans, um, reporters, people who were really interested in this and trying to figure out uh, how they can kind of make peace or come to grips or inform their fans, whatever the case may be, with how Billups was in this position, what he's learned, can we feel comfortable with him moving forward in that way? I, it, it, it didn't make any sense. It was just done just horribly. Um, asked and answered is what the PR person said. It hadn't been asked or answered. This is something that was needed, uh, not to just, like, move on, but just to, like, understand, you know, take it in and continue along with the press conference. It was the one question on everyone's mind, and the fact the Blazers just went and said, you know, we're going to hire this guy no matter what, you know, whatever. Like, it's their team, that sort of thing. I'm not speaking about that to criticize them outside of what already has been done, because at the end of the day, organizations are going to do what organizations do. This is NBA, this is corporate America, this is whatever the case may be. You know, right be doggone um, to certain organizations because they're trying to meet their bottom line or they're trying to fit what, you know, to whoever they answer for. Like, that's just what it is there. So I'm not, I have no illusions of, oh, wow, this is supposed to be this great, you know, wholesome event or look at the example you can set, uh, whatever the case may be. That's that's not something I'm I'm naive to. With that being said, this is something that you would think, especially since it's not like this has been anything less than a hot-button topic, that you'd be ready to answer the question in a way that was fair and respectful for all. And what we had last night, or we had yesterday, was not that at all. It just wasn't. It was a sham. It was rushed. It was ignorant. It made Neil O'Shea look even worse than he already does, which it is very very hard to do right now. Uh, Chauncey, I mean, I'm sure he'll be asked over the course of his coaching career or maybe, you know, later on down the line, but the fact that he almost offered to answer the question he did before he was cut off and was cut off like that, it's unfortunate. Um, this is really unfortunate. Really kind of dumb for the Blazers, really the way they dropped the ball in that, especially, like I said, knowing that these questions were coming. It was just a horrific display of transparency. That's pretty much what it was. So, yeah, that uh, trash can fire of and PR uh, appointment, coach introduction, whatever the case you want to call it, that happened. So that that's that's in the coaching news I had filed. Another thing, um, Penny Hardaway was 
interviewed for the Atlanta Magic role, and he was considered a favorite two days ago. Well, he has decided to stay in Memphis, and 80-year-old Hall of Fame coach Larry Brown has agreed to become an assistant coach at Memphis under Penny Hardaway. Uh, this is reported by Sham Sharania in Goodman Hoops, uh, on Twitter at Goodman Hoops, uh, Jeff Goodman. And honestly, that's pretty cool. Like, just to have, like, a basketball life for like that for uh, Larry Brown. Been coaching since the 70s, you know, the Pacers, ABA, um, Pacers NBA, you know, he was with the Sixers, Adam Iverson, like, he was with the Knicks, remember that, the Bob, he's been around, he's been around, and to see someone who still wants to coach, still getting around, and still being, you know, on a coaching staff like that, really cool, um, someone who obviously has been a part of the game for decades upon decades, um, staying with the guy in Penny Hardaway, who, you know, uh, wants to coach in the NBA, and would love to coach the Magic, from his own words, but that he's not at least interested in that position as of right now, so that's really neat to see that, um, Really interesting to see how they go. I don't really watch a lot of college basketball, but just for old-time sakes, Penny Hardaway, you know, Larry Brown, I will definitely have to check that out. All right, random news. Uh, Dennis Schroeder apparently has communicated that he wants 100 to $120 million in free agency. And a lot of people made jokes. Dylan Hansen uh, at report underscore court said, in USD? And I have to laugh because I 100% agree. How does he want that much money? Like, this isn't Narnia bucks, bro. This is real life dollars. Do you think you played that well? Going on age 29? To get that much money? Oh, he's 27. My fault. I just jumped a little gun there. If you expect 100 to $120 million in the contract, that is insane. Uh, and this was uh, a quote um, from Armin Andres, the vice president of the German Basketball Federation. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this here. He wants 100, 120 million, which he will probably also get, and this sum insured cannot be insured on the normal market at the moment. I mean, you had 15 points on 43% shooting, 5.8 assists, and 3.5 rebounds. Uh, you did not play well in the playoffs. You were not the third guy that they needed, that you were expected to be. You came in expecting to be a starter just offhand, not giving a dang about the culture that was already set, not giving a dang about being open for the entire team and doing the best you could there. And you had an up-and-down season. Yeah, your best play was when LeBron and AD were out. You helped keep the Lakers above water. But then when they came back, you sank again. Over the playoff stretch, he struggled. He scored eight points in game four. He didn't have any in game five. He dropped 20 in game six, but six of them were in a second half that Phoenix was already up 62-43. to 43. I mean, I, I don't know where you look at that and go, you know what? Yeah, absolutely, Schroeder. Absolutely. We got you covered. I don't know. I mean, he's had, you know, a, a couple of good years, so maybe if you take that into totality and don't just look at last year with the Lakers, you can... Maybe, you know, close your, your eyes and, and kind of imagine getting a contract like that. He did have just under 19 points per game as a six-man for the Thunder uh, two years ago. Uh, you know, that team that did surprise many by making the playoffs, so that happened. Uh, like I said, while James is out, he averaged 16 points and seven uh, assists per game. Well, just under eight from March 21st through April 30th, so just over a month. Um, so he has had moments, but for a Lakers team, I mean, are you expecting that contract from them? And they might have to just because they're in such a hard place in terms of retaining their own free agents and moving forward, you know, being beyond hard capped and having the issues that they do. It is possible. It's possible. But that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, what, the last deal he had was what? During the offseason he had, or 2017, he signed a four-year $70 million deal. Excuse me. He had signed a four-year $70 million deal with the Hawks. And then a year later, the Hawks dealt Schroeder to Oklahoma City. So, I mean, I don't know. 
this is the same guy that back in March was looking for a multi-year extension that will pay him more than 20 a year. I don't see that. I think he gets between 15 and 17. He's doing himself a great job, just considering that he hasn't been uh, amazing. He's been solid. He's been a solid point guard. But, like, would I put him in top 15 starting point guards? I have to actually go and re-rank my list and see. But right now, he'd be on the cusp of that for me for a starting point guard. I like him as a six-man. I do. Somebody kind of play within the flow, you know, do some playmaking, uh, you know, focus on his offensive side of the ball like he is want to do. Just have that type of impact. But to have him say, oh, you know, here's the ball, you know, we go as far as you do, I don't know if that's someone I'm feeling for that position. I'm not going to lie. Um, especially on a team that you're playing with 36 going to be 37-year-old LeBron and Anthony Davis, where when LeBron, you know, eventually fades or retires, you will still presumably be on this roster and will be one of the leading uh, not only voices, but players moving forward. I just don't know if I can vibe with that. I just don't. Uh, if he wants 100 million, you know, I want 100 million too. That's where I'm at right now. Like, let's all, let's just give everybody the money. Let's just all do this. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, that's really all I got. Um, thank y'all again for hanging with me a little bit here. Interesting day in terms of news. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, also, the coming down injuries, of course, suck. Of course, Trey Young, Giannis, Tukupo, we wish them both a speedy recovery. Uh, but as for after that, y'all, this this is it for today. Uh, definitely make sure to follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA Hoop Ball on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets online Hoop Ball.com. Really appreciate y'all again spending a little bit of your day with me. And with that being said, I am frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. All right, y'all. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.